1: What's up, everybody? It is the sports coverage from SEC Media Days 21. I'm Austin Stanley here in Hoover, Alabama. Had a good Tuesday as the Vols went through the SEC Media Day car wash with head coach Josh Heupel. Uh, senior corner Alante Taylor and second year wide receiver Vellis Jones Jr. They performed well on the stage. We break everything down with a great conversation I had earlier with Trey Wallace of Rocky Top Insider. RTI is uh, about to do some big things as football season so we'll, we'll talk about that at the very end of this but we covered so many different topics about the Vols including the NCAA investigation that Trey is all over and hopefully we'll hear some more about that over the next couple of weeks but you'll hear him talk about the updates there. Also name, image, and likeness, how that can impact uh, the overall sport uh, and the Vols here. We talked about Josh Heupel's ability to sell offense and what to expect from this offense. Uh, they got the quarterback competition with four different names there vying for the starting quarterback job the defense, realistic expectations, and a lot more. So let's go ahead and get to it with Trey Wallace from Rocky Top Insider. But first, let me tell you guys about a great sponsor in making all of this coverage at SEC Media Days happen. That would be the Nashville Sports Council and the Music City Grand Prix. Come be a part of Nashville sports history. At the inaugural Big Machine Music City Grand Prix, August 6th through the 8th, you can get close to the action as a race day volunteer as IndyCar's top drivers race right through Through the streets of downtown nashville volunteers are needed multiple positions over multiple days it's simple as this go to nashvillesports.com for more information nashvillesports.com go right there find out that information how to be a part of the music city grand prix that's august 6th through the 8th the deadline to uh, register as a volunteer is august 2nd so hope you guys take advantage of this really cool event the first time it's ever happened in Nashville. Go be a part of it. Uh, NashvilleSports.com. Now, let's talk Vols with Trey Wallace of Insider.com. Trey, thanks for sitting down for a second. What's going on? Absolutely, buddy. Man, just kind of wrapping up the day.
0: Um, really, it's been, uh, it's been a long two days, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, for the people that have to be here all four days. Not really, you know what caught me by surprise, man? Not really the craziness that it has been in the past coming to Hoover. Um, yeah. they
1: kind of dead is the best way to put it. I feel the same type of way, and I don't know if it's because they kind of cut down on credentials a little bit. Uh, I know they were doing some specific day credentials, so if yeah. you cover the Vols, you might get today only. Right. If you're not covering Arkansas on Thursday, you're not going to be here. So maybe that thinned it out a little bit, but I felt the same way. Um, it, it definitely like media days is not what it was five years ago no. and definitely not what it was 10 years ago when you had guys like Tim Tebow, Johnny Manziel coming through it. I wasn't a part of those type of media right. days, but, uh, I heard stories. Marketable players. Like that's the yeah. big thing. Well, yeah. and, and now like with NIL, I guess that could change some, but it's so controlled by the school's uh, with how they're going to market their players, maybe NIL could add something to it, add some flair to the off season. Because one thing Zach and I talk about all the time on our show with A to Z yeah. is that the college football off season is so slow. And you kind of count on this one week for SEC Media Days to insert some juice into it. Right. Um, and I don't know if it's a combination of COVID last year with a weird year and then not really know what to expect going into this year that's kind of cultivated in a, in a more tame Media Day week. I don't know also if they're
0: – like the NIL stuff with players. You know, you have to remember, too, you can't do certain things when you're on university time. Okay. So maybe we didn't see a lot of NIL stuff over the last two days. Maybe we don't see it over the next two days mm-hmm. because you're representing the university. Okay. You know, you're on a university – situation i guess per se you're on a trip paid for by the university right right so maybe that's why you know valus or um uh, you know Alante didn't get up there and promote yoke gaming or whatever <laughs> you want to put, i mean it, it could or, be something. or
1: metro straw because right. i feel like the whole like starting offense is gonna yeah, be metro So Stroll, maybe right? it's
0: something like that i mean <laughs> i i really don't know um but you know then i see uh a Saban quote saying Bryce Young oh has made God. over seven figures or near seven figures, and then Kiffin was kind of, you know, stunned by that. So, you know, I, I think when when it gets down to it on, on days like today, especially with Heupel in Tennessee, you don't have a lot to promote besides what you've done over the last seven months and that you're a new face in the conference. Right. One thing that did surprise me, like we had a local gaggle with – and folks don't know what gaggle means, local – you know, local – media appearance with hypo scrum yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. um and he was asked about the ncaa investigation there but was not asked by any national writer on the floor right about the ncaa investigation and maybe it's because they knew the answer that they were going to get but i did Mm. find it interesting that he wasn't put on the spot in front of the cameras
1: yeah because i i I was on twitter because i asked the question about high-tempo offense and how you balance it with the defense. Right. And then there was like two questions after me, and I saw Twitter be like, nobody asked about NCAA stuff. Right. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, if you're somebody like me or somebody that covers the SEC, you have one question there. Are you going to waste it on the journalistic integrity to say somebody has to ask this question? Right. Or are you going to ask something you're actually interested in hearing a response for? Because everybody knows he can't say anything about that. No, and
0: he said it in the room. He said it's going to be a speed bump. But he said also some of the How things. How big that, is that
1: speed bump? Right. Are we talking like speed bump or like those massive speed humps that you see in everybody's neighborhood?
0: The days? ones that I always get caught in. Yeah. No, I, I think that they, you know, kind of getting into that. If 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 Tennessee has found out information about their assistant coaches and paying recruits and paying certain student athletes that were already on campus, if they found that out along with the phone records. Mm-hmm that came with Jeremy Pruitt and Niedermeyer and Felton and whatnot, then I think this thing could be an interesting ballgame when it comes to what Tennessee tries to self-impose. Because the university, they did get a hold of some of the phones that they didn't want to get a hold of, the coaches. Yeah. So that's where it gets interesting. And then, you know, I did a, I did a FOIA request, Freedom of Information mm-hmm. Act, and I found out, you know, through records requests, they spent ninety thousand dollars on the investigation in the month of June. Okay, well they they only spent around like 70 in April, and they only spent around, I think it was like 79 um in May. So for them to spend the third highest amount of money that they've spent during this whole investigation last a month, um, either they're 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 trying to wrap this thing up or they have found more information out. Because I know that they've been talking to other people. I yeah. mean, they've been flying to interview former coaches from Jeremy Pruitt's first year. So, now I'm interested to see, okay, do they try to get this done with a self-imposed before the first game of the year? Right. Well, you're not going through every week. You don't want to go through every darn week and answer the question, hey, are, you, are y'all going to be in a bowl? Right. Okay, what happens if you get to six wins? Okay, y'all going to a bowl game or not? Like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. But I think you're going to start to see some of the stuff start trickling out, per se. Um, I don't think it'll be like a John Curry data dump like we got last time. Right. But I do think they'll have to start answering some of our FOIA requests and give us some information on
1: it. Yeah. And What would be, if you were Tennessee in this situation, what would be the ideal time to say we're going to self-impose a one-year bowl ban, X number of scholarship reductions, or whatever, recruiting days, whatever it might be. What what would be the right time to do that that's most beneficial? (sighs) Like, next De- week? <laughs> like, I mean, I was going to escape. Say- <laughs> you escape this week, and then if you do it next week, you can, then you got another week before camp starts, and then you can focus on football.
0: I was going to say December, when they're, like, at six wins, and they're thinking or- about going to the Liberty Bowl, but no. <laughs> I, I, I think that um, I, if, if they had the information, which I don't think they have all their ducks in an order, I would say sometime during fall camp, uh, because you just don't want that cloud hanging over them, and you also don't want um, players doing these interviews on their own mm-hmm. and having answered these questions as well and then just putting out guesses or whatnot. Because that's another thing that's going to be changing, too. This NIL is going to be changing the way that we talk to players, whether I like it or not. Um, you know, there, there are some outlets that are, you know, you've seen it. Texags aggs paying for yeah. Um, for, for interviews, some people We've in, in Tennessee. <laughs> right, right. And like, everybody has. Yeah, and should. if you're in yeah. the media business, if you've not looked up NIL and how to yeah. advance that with players. So, what, getting back to the point of the NCAA investigation, you don't want your random third stringer going on a podcast or something like that and talking about just how crucial this is for the program. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you don't want. So, if you're Danny White and them, you've got your contracts done, you've got all that with Tony Vitello. He's going to have a year-end press conference. I would think sometime if you have it, get it out before the season. Yeah, Don't let it drag on. There's no sense in it.
1: How much do you think this cloud is impacting recruiting that Heupel's doing right now or going through right now? Because we talked about this at lunch a little bit earlier. Yeah, It's a great class in the state. Yeah. And it's not going so well for, for Heupel. Yeah, they are getting crushed. and different schools from all over the place are coming in to Nashville, to Memphis, to wherever, to get these players. It's is, not
0: just Georgia, and it's not no. just Clemson or Clemson, Alabama. Cleaning up, yeah. Right. It, it's, it's Miami. I mean, look at Isaiah Horton. Okay, Miami is making a real strong push at that. Pretty much has a lead, I would say, on on Horton. Um, but you look at the other players in the state, they can't strike out on these 14 guys that are, that are four stars. And – you know, like we talked about at lunch. You can't, okay, you can't knock down, you can't get three of them out of 14. It just, it doesn't look good. But getting back to your question about the NCAA investigation, how much of a cloud? The problem is, and I've talked to some high school coaches about this, you got some schools that are saying, hey, Tennessee's going to be on a two-year bowl ban. They're going to have a reduction in scholarships. It's going to be a living nightmare there for the next three to four years. You don't want to go there. But then Tennessee's trying to come back and say, wait a minute, okay, wait a minute, it's, it's probably only going to be a one, maybe a one, something like that, we really don't know. The problem is Kentucky Kentucky can come out and say Tennessee is going to be hit with a three-year bowl ban, and Tennessee, they can't say anything. They can't say anything about it because they don't know. Yeah, They can say, oh, we don't think it's going to be like that. When you got you know Mark Stoops, nothing against Mark Stoops because I would use this absolutely to your advantage yes. if you have Jane it. Shane
1: Beamer, all everybody is going for that like second tier SEC player, right? Right. Use it to your
0: advantage. Tennessee has put themselves in this situation; they got to paddle themselves away out of it. But you know, it's it's he shed, she shed. you know that that's the problem that you're running into now because mm-hmm. Josh Highpel can't, Josh cannot come back and say, well. Mark Stoops is wrong. Beamer is wrong. And then a recruit says, well, prove it. Like, how do I know yeah. if I don't come here, I'm not going to be sitting out of a bowl band, you know, or, or something like that for two years or, you know. So, I think some of the measures they're already putting in place for a self impose mm-hmm. um, and, and now we'll see how that plays out when it comes to what happens towards the season. So, it's not like Tennessee's going to a national championship this year. No. And, and that's not a knock. Um, the only way they would even have a shot at Atlanta Only way is if they get to eight wins and something stupid happens with Georgia, which I don't see happening with JT Daniels in that backfield, even without Pickens at wide receiver. And I even think Florida could actually play pretty well this year, along with Kentucky. Yeah, so I think Missouri could be a team that gets right. I I think Tennessee's like fourth
1: or fifth in the SEC East this year. That's being nice. Yeah, I I think fifth is probably more realistic uh, with with. Also having two first-year coaches at Vandy in South Carolina where maybe Josh Heupel. I think – and we can move on to to the offense and some of the other stuff that we've talked about, um, some with Heupel today at SEC Media Days. But I I think the offense has pretty solid personnel. Quarterbacks, obviously, that's a big issue. But uh, how do you think Heupel did today uh, throughout his entire uh, ringer that he went through at at Media Days? I
0: think it was pretty vanilla. But I think that was just kind of the way it was supposed to be. Like, really – What's he going to talk about? He can't talk about quarterbacks. That's, that's, that's his bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Like, he would love to come to SEC media days and say, hey, Harrison Bailey's my guy, or hey, Joe Milton's my guy. This is our quarterback. This is what we're rolling with this year. This is how we're going to run our offense through it. He can't do that right now. Now, the coaches, they have a pretty good feel on who's going to be the starting quarterback. We'll see, though, once fall camp starts. we get two weeks in, narrow it down from four quarterbacks, narrow it down to two, Mm -hmm. battle it out for two or three days, and you got to name your starter. Because the problem Tennessee's had over the last couple years is they've had three guys, and Jarrett's always been that guy because Jeremy was comfortable with Jared Garantano. Um, Right now, you've got – in my opinion, you've got Hooker, you've got Bailey, and you've got Milton – and you know what? Maurer, too. Maurer can scramble outside the pocket, and he's got a good arm. But I think you, I think it narrows down to two quarterbacks in the end, and that's Bailey and Milton. And I think they kind of roll with it. And, and I think, like, one of the reasons why you see Vela so comfortable talking about Hendon is because Hendon's his roommate. Hendon, Hendon Hooker, and Vela, yeah. they're throwing all the time together. Right. Um, so they add that chemistry down. Another good thing, Harrison, Bailey, and Vela have really good chemistry because they both, both work out – um, at QB country, which is in Mobile, Alabama, underneath David Morris, who was Eli Manning's old mm-hmm. quarterback coach. So there, there's different sections to this offense that have worked together before. Um, and I know Joe Milton has put in a lot of work this offseason up there in, in, in Knoxville over the summer. And we'll see how it pays off. But but going back to, like, hypo, it's like, you know, what can you say? You know, you can try to talk about defense all you want, and that's fine. Um but your defensive line, you've lost so much on your defense. It's a body issue at this point. It's a body issue, man. Because <laughs> you know, even even adding Terry along the defensive line or or Trimlay or you know or having Matthew Butler or getting Latrell Bumpus back, you know, healthy. Okay, that's fine. But you're you you have bodies. You don't. Here's here's one thing that Tennessee's been missing over the last four, five, five six years. They don't have a. I'm going to say this the nice way to play with, it. they don't have an FU guy on right. defense. They don't have a guy that's going to line up on third down to be that monster that you
1: need. Who's the last one they've had?
0: Man, but for Tully. going back? Batouli never really reached that. Right. He never, even even Henry didn't even reach that. No. Uh, and I'm just trying to think up front. I mean, I hate to go...
1: I mean, do you have to go back to like Derek Barnett?
0: Derek Barnett, yeah. I mean, Derek Especially Barnett. Especially like
1: on a third and long, saying, I'm getting this guy down. Like, right. This is my down to go get him.
0: Yeah, coming off the edge. I mean, think about it. That's how long it's been since Tennessee's had like a powerful defensive lineman that they could count on. Yeah, yeah. That's a problem, man, in the <laughs> Southeastern Conference. And maybe they find that guy. Um, I don't know if that person's on the roster. Right now, it could have been. I'll say this. It could have been with Darrell Middleton. And I'm not going to get on here. I'm not going to bash a kid, and I don't want to yeah. hate on a kid. But Darrell Middleton was the type of player with his statue and the way he he was in his head. He was aggressive on the field. But ever since, like, last January, you know, he he, he really wasn't involved in the team. He could have been that type of player. I think he's he's wasted his talent at Tennessee of what he could have been under Rodney Garner. He could have been that monster type player.
1: Oh, what, without getting into details or anything, yeah. what, what really happened with Darrell Middleton as he, he entered the portal somewhat recently? I
0: think it's a player that was was never really bought into the program. And this is dating back to last season yeah, before COVID. But there was a lot of different things, I mean, during COVID. There was mm-hmm. a lot of different things. You know, was he healthy? Was he not healthy? Was he suspended? Was he not suspended? It was it was always a week to week thing and even in the spring, you know, you didn't see him in the spring game because he was under a hypo suspension. And they have different things at the the school now. You know, you can get suspended for seven days for missing a couple of classes. Um, you can get suspended for ten days for missing a certain amount of classes, and it, it's like seven day periods you get suspended for. That like they do. Like a disabled list. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why it's you get like short
1: term NHL right injury
0: reserve. Yeah. And that's why you didn't see Middleton during the, yeah. the spring game or anything like that. So it could have been him, something like that. But you know, Hypel did what he was supposed to do today. He went up there and he talked about the Tennessee, you know, the power T, six different times, and talked about how we're going to change the offense and it's going to be fun. And we're going to put up points. That's what I expect out of Josh Heupel. Um, and I thought Bayless did a, a good job. He was he was happy to be here, a kid mm-hmm. that grew up three hours away from here. And Alante always had that personality. Alante is a player, though, that has to step up physically uh, on defense. And, and I think he could be good next year.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think both the players they brought are super talented, have a chance to make a big impact. I like what the offense has around with Vellis Jones Jr. Alante Taylor, literally an island. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's he's probably going to get burned a lot, and fans are going to be cursing him on Twitter because there's nobody up front to help no. him out. There's nobody really in the middle. The linebackers are as thin as you could possibly get.
0: I uh, mean, let's face it with the linebackers. Let's, just, let's be real honest here. Last year, Henry Tobito was spending more time trying to line up Crouch and Banks. Then he was the play that was about to happen.
1: Yeah.
0: And look what happened last year. He got beat on every third down slant, um, every second down outside run. Um, You know, Tennessee was just getting beat up last year because the linebackers didn't understand the defense they were trying to run. And a part of that is on Jeremy Pruitt just trying to install stupid stuff Mm -hmm. like during the week. Like, for instance, like um, it was fifth week of the season. I forgot who they were playing. Jeremy Pruitt installs a completely – New defensive formation, just out of practice, has a player has a player assistant come up, give them a whiteboard, and they draw up six plays that they're going to use in the game that week,
1: and just expects them and to, expects them to in- do it. mentally install and right. know how to experience. yeah,
0: and the players didn't know what the hell was going on
1: no, so it's it's just college.
0: right, it's just small things like that. Yeah. So you won't see that out of Banks or Brian G. No. Mary or Willie Martinez. No. You know, uh,
1: take the over is yeah, my take the uh, over. is definitely my. Um, my philosophy this season. How much do you buy into the Josh Heupel relationship connection? Let's go play dodgeball and have fun. Like, I did like, I mean, I, I get why he wanted to do it this off season because of how really tense and, and stressful was last divided. year seemed. Like it had to happen, but can it translate into anything in the fall? Is it sustainable? I, or is it just an off season thing to kind of help out?
0: You know, talking with some people in the program, um, they have seen a jump in players. This is going to seem real, real simple. Players actually knowing each other.
1: Yeah.
0: I think that's a big thing. Um, I spoke – I had Velas on my show the other day. And and one of the things me and Vela spoke about was, you know, how Josh Aper came in there and flipped the locker room up and put the walk-ons with the starters. and you know, how big that was in knowing your teammates. Um, every school does something like laser tag or kickball or goes bowling or something like that. Every school does that in the Southeast. Nick Saban does stuff like that. You just don't see it. Um, kickball, whatever. <laughs> but, it, but it's just a fun thing for them to do and to build up camaraderie between teammates because it was a long year. 2020 was absolutely miserable for Tennessee. And I think if you can try to build that up, and it's not just about just guys getting along with each other. It's about Hypo being out there and them seeing it, whether it be a softball game, Mm -hmm. you know, at the stadium where they had home run derby and the coaches and all that, or whether it be kickball, whether they go bowling or laser tag, top
1: golf at the stadium, right?
0: Top golf at the stadium, stuff like that. These players have been through enough, man. Like let them have some fun. Let them be college kids, right? You're not in the army. It's not Jeremy Pruitt anymore, right? okay and and I think that's one of the key things that and, and here's the biggest thing too music at practices I know that might seem very small to people,
1: but it's actually something that the players enjoy and, oh I mean we see it covering Titans practice right all the time. I mean it makes a yeah. difference when we know Darren Bates is out there making the playlists for practice and right we understand what type of day it's going to be guys
0: having fun yeah but guys also knowing when to turn on you know. That mindset of okay, we gotta lock in, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I think those are small things that that Josh Heupel is bringing in that I think are gonna help the program out. Does that help this year? I don't know. They've got a lot of areas to fix, but I think with building up the freshmen, the sophomores, the juniors, um, maybe the seniors that that get that opportunity to come back, you know, you know, you never really know. I think that it's gonna be big for the long run. So I think it's hey. It doesn't hurt anything.
1: Right. A lot of variables for this upcoming season. Quarterback. Uh, motivation if if a bowl ban does happen. The defense as a whole with a new staff. Offensive tackle. Oh. <laughs> You're just going to put Cade Maids there and just be, to say it's fine? Like, is that let's not just, it?
0: Let's just roll. <laughs>
1: uh, realistic expectations. Like, yeah. what what can fans, like, actually truly expect to watch on Saturdays? The, the schedule's favorable right Pitt's a yeah. big game I, yeah. I think that's a pivotal game everybody kind of understands that but what that's what, a line of the sand game yeah what's your reasonable expectations for the season six wins five six wins i i think that i think you
0: could beat it you know you can beat bowling green you can beat tennessee tech i think it pittsburgh it better pittsburgh is going to be tough pittsburgh returns a fifth year senior quarterback a really good offensive line Defense is good. This is, you know, this is kind of like the pit that went into Clemson was it five years ago, four or five years ago, knocked them off that last second field goal. This is the type of Pittsburgh team you're seeing that's going to come into Neyland. They're going to be good this year. Um, I think Tennessee can beat maybe two teams. I think they can take two league care league games. Two, I think they could beat Vanderbilt. You
1: know, um I, at home, right? South Carolina at home. Would,
0: I think they can get South Carolina now while Shane Beamer is still rebuilding that yeah, program. Yeah. Um, I think that's the kicker.
1: It's just how does Tennessee respond? You know, may, Let's just say they beat Pitt, right? They're 3-0. They go to Florida. That's not going to go well. No. They go at Missouri, which I think Missouri be looking for revenge. I uh, think that's
0: a win for Missouri.
1: Yeah, I agree. And so now you lose. You drop two in a row. You're home versus South Carolina. How, can, you, can you rally and get that next win? Because then Ole Miss comes to town and, and it's points, line points galore, right? And you're gonna have to score 50 to win that game. Uh, you know, then then everything kind of turns right. There. Well,
0: I trust Ole Miss as quarterback at this moment, yeah. Right now, then I trust what Tennessee has.
1: No doubt, no could doubt. be
0: proven wrong four weeks into the season. You never know, but right, right now,
1: right, no doubt about that. And then you got you got to beat Vanderbilt in South Alabama late in the year. Uh, don't
0: hate on my Jaguars. I'm not
1: hating. On J- the don't
0: hate. Don't realize that they have Jake Bentley as their quarterback. Oh, People no. remember <laughs> Jake Bentley. They have Jake Bentley as the quarterback uh, and Major Applewhite as the OC. Yeah, don't overlook my I'm Jaguars. Not, well, then, <laughs> I'm just messing. They uh, should beat South they, Alabama, but but
1: again, but that having a Jake Bentley type makes a lot of sense. It makes that game something that you have to kind of get up for, I guess there. Uh, in November, and then Vandy to end it. You got to be Vandy. You just have to, right? And, and you got
0: to be kind of respectable against George on Homecoming. Like I'm not talking about a win. You got to be respectable. Like be be don't hanging get, around at halftime. Yes. Don't end the game down 31 points. Right. Don't end the game down 31 points. It, it you know I, I think a 20 point loss something like that. Okay, that's fine. Um, but you know. The biggest thing this year that has to change compared to last year, don't get your brains beat out. Like, that's the thing. You know, don't have the small mistakes that turn a game around where you could win. Same thing happened at Auburn last year where Jared Garantano, you know, Tennessee's on the 12-yard line going in, you know, and Jeremy Pruitt decides, you know, he wants to call up to Cheney and say, hey, Cheney, you know, I want to pass here. Run this play. And Cheney's like, what are you talking about? And Jeremy's run the play. So they run that stupid play where Jarrett kind of rolls out and passes and it's returned for 99 yards for a touchdown. <laughs> and Jarrett's looking at the sideline like, we've never run this play before in this position. Ugh. What are you doing? That's the thing, Austin, this year, that you're not going to see a problem with Tennessee.
1: And that sucks, too, because you know who gets all the blame for that. That's Jarrett It's Garantano. on Jarrett. It's on him. But they had un- never run that play before in that position. And that's just. And that's just – being an awful coach yeah that's (laughs) jeremy pruitt right you're supposed to put your players in a position to succeed and that is the opposite of that which is why jeremy pruitt is where he is now and no longer at tennessee right
0: right? and And that's why i'm looking forward to a pac 12 title game of jt shroud versus jared garantano next year oh god colorado versus washington state uh, <laughs> it would just line up too perfectly. Just, just a
1: torture yeah, every vol fan exactly. out there. No, I know. Uh Trey Wallace, Rocky Top Insider. You guys made a couple new hires.
0: It's been fun, man. It's been fun. Rick Butler comes along. I've known Rick for, for three years now. Happy to have him aboard. Uh great guy. Does great work on the on the video part of it. Um and, and especially getting the writing down. And you know, Ryan Schumpert, really good kid. Um he comes over, great baseball coverage this past year uh with Tony Vitello. Uh, really digs deep good writer excited to have him aboard so we're building man it's fun it's it's a lot of fun got a new studio um, it's going to be ready to go here soon and uh, launching a lot of big things that I'm excited about that we're trying to do you know we're, we're ready to go um, but man football season's almost here mm-hmm. so uh, we're getting going man it's exciting
1: rockytopinsider.com check out all the stuff Trade accomplished this week and then uh those teases those big plans for the football season the brand new shiny studio i'm looking forward to that thanks man for hopping on here absolutely thanks buddy appreciate it see ya. safe travels